You are now tuned in to episode 86 of the Midwest Angler Podcast. I'm Scott Sturman, and I am joined by Matt Deitch. Matt, what is happening? Nothing. Live in studio. Live in we studio. We are back. God dang it. It feels good. Feels good to not just have a phone sitting next to me. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of weird not like having anybody to talk to. Right. When, you know, I, I can't, I can't even, when me and you are recording an episode like this, you know, we'll kind of look at each other, you know, and every once in a while, you know, you'll give me a hand signal that says, hey, I, you right, know, you I, I've got pause. something to yep. say here, you know, whatever. And, you know, said I don't lead it into the next topic without you getting a chance to say what you want to say. And, and uh, yeah, I, <laughs> when, when you're on the phone, there's just it's, no way to really do that. Right. It's, it's just it's, cut and dry. Here we go. It is. It's, <laughs> it's way different. And I don't know. It, it's good to have you back, man. It's and, good to be back. Oh, man. Like. You know, we don't have a guest today, guys, and and that is what it is. But uh, um, yeah, I don't know. It it feels good to to have a little bit of normalcy back again here. And, <laughs> yeah, you know, for you, I bet. Yeah, my my life kind of got tipped upside down the last two weeks, but uh, things are starting to get back to normal. Uh, my wife was finally able to go up and see my son on Thursday. Nope, on Friday. So uh, I took the day off, and we went up there, and that was. That was pretty special. That was pretty cool. Uh, I can't believe that she was able to, I don't know, stay away from her son, you <laughs> right. know, for, for 11 straight days. And That's crazy. You know, I think that there's a lot of people that are like, you know, I'd have broke into that hospital. <laughs> well, I don't know. That might have crossed her mind. I, I can't <laughs> tell you sure for sure. Did. But she didn't do it. So <laughs> What was it? She, I, did, I see, like, she had a tablet or something. Like, she had to do answer a bunch of questions oh, yeah. every single day. And Yep, yep. Avera's got her answering she, she's got to take her blood pressure. She's got to take how much oxygen's in her body. She's got a little deal that clips on her finger and, and a tablet that Avera gives her. And I don't, she's got to do it every single day. And I don't know how long she's got to do that for, but, uh, really? yeah, well, no, wow. never once had a symptom. Never. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Whatever. I guess that's COVID. So. <laughs> that's right. Yep. We're, we're not going to get into that, but, uh, <laughs> no, Matt, uh, I don't care what you say. Uh, winter's coming. It's you know it's there's signs of it. There is. It's starting to cool down. The water temps are starting to get down there. A week ago they're up in the 80s, and now they're getting down into the mid 70s. What did you like, have today? Well, uh, I think about 74. 74. That's the highest I had. So. Okay. Yeah. Well. So some of these cool nights. I mean, it it cools down in a hurry. And, Right, right. You know, it's it's really pretty nice. Uh, the last couple nights, I've actually been sitting out on Jeremy Kay's deck watching some racing and whatnot, and feels good to be sitting out there. And right. you know, once the sun starts going down, it it's I don't know, feels nice. It's almost to that point where you can wear shorts and a sweatshirt. Right, that's always my favorite weather. Right. <laughs> um, I actually got a memory on my Facebook. Uh, must have been maybe Wednesday or Thursday. That exactly one year prior was the day that me and Grady, my dad and my brother came back from that Canadian flying right. fishing trip. And obviously this year with the circumstances, we were not able to make that happen. But uh, yeah, I mean, I remember in the evening up there during the day, you know, I mean, you could be out there and it could be 80 degrees and, it, you know, it felt good and, you know, being a t-shirt and shorts and man, at night it, it, it cooled down in a hurry, but I don't know. I'm I'm pumped. I'm pumped to have this time of year. This is my favorite time of year, the fall. Oh, you yeah. Know? I mean, I, I love it when you can wear jeans and a t-shirt during the day and jeans and a sweatshirt at night, and, <laughs> and, and you know, you're comfortable all night long. So, whatever. We needed it. But uh, 
I kind of did a little research here about uh, some of the earliest averages of frosts around here. So uh, when I did this, I, I realized that I'm going to lose that uh, bet to my brother about having a frost here in August. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh, I, I kind of knew that that was going to be a lose-lose deal. The cicadas didn't work out, but... Not blah, unless blah, blah. we get an Arctic Clipper coming Right. <laughs> I'll never, 2020, I will <laughs> yeah, never I rule say, out an Arctic Clipper. <laughs> wake up tomorrow and might have a foot of snow on the ground. <laughs> get the shacks out. <laughs> but uh, up in International Falls, the average first freeze, not the first freeze on a lake, but just the first night that it gets down below 32 degrees uh, is September 13. And uh, that's, uh, that's only 27 days away. Um, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, September 26, which is only 40 days away. And Devil's Lake, North Dakota is September 20th, which is only 34 days away. So I don't care how much you dislike it. I mean, that, that cold air is coming, the ice That's is right. coming, and, and uh, you know, obviously it's not going to be 30 days from now. But uh, it, but somebody will get online and ask you, what's, right. what, 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 what are the ice conditions like? <laughs> what's the so, ice like on, on Lake of the Woods, uh, <laughs> sir? <laughs> Oh man, but no, I'm, I don't know. I'm pumped up for it and, uh, that, that should be interesting. Another for sure sign of winter, uh, clam unveiled, uh, their new they products did. that they're coming out, yeah, uh, this winter. Day. Yeah. Their, their pro day, which normally all their pros come and, and I think they meet at their headquarters there in Rogers, Minnesota this year, obviously it was all done online. Uh, I don't know, some live video, but, um, no, they, they really had a lot of pretty cool stuff uh, yeah, introduced this year um, that I don't know if I'm pronouncing this correct. If it's a tika or tika or some sort of a minnow, kind of looks like a rip and wrap type deal and uh, full body, it, you know, on the Rapala version, it's got the uh, clear, I don't know, what do you want to call them, back wings? Yeah, fins kind of, fins, yeah. Fins, wings. And uh, this is all part of the body. Um an anniversary shack that that matches the one that Dave Gens originally made. Uh, some new ascent and rise suits, which I should have known was coming since I got a new suit last year. I should have well, yeah, known that I was going to be old news by this year. But uh, and and them silkies. Did you yeah. see those silkies? Yeah, I did. Uh, I think what that is is like some silk thread with a rubber ball on them, yep. and you hook that rubber ball on the, you know, on, on a jig, a uh, small jig, and you know, kind of acts as, as the bait or whatever. Have you ever used anything? Have you ever seen anything like that before? I've seen some things like that before, but they were, they were like all rubber. Okay. Like the whole body and then had little things like that. But other than that, I know like VMC has a nail weight that has some of those. Oh, really? Have, has those in them that go through it. And there's some baits out there that have like bass baits that have them that go through the bodies and stuff. But I've never seen anything like that as far as in the ice fishing. Yeah. What do you, 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 you going to give those a shot, you think? I'll see. I'll I, I wouldn't mind. Get a, get my hands on a package and see what it looks like. Pretty tough for me to go away from wax worms, but I, I, I think <laughs> I could, I think I could actually try that. I, I'd like to see what the action is, you know, right. kind of sideways. If you kind of line it up with the jig, if that makes sense, or if it's, you put it, put it the other way, I, I don't know. It's kind of going back to what we talked about last week. You know, is when something new comes out, everybody jumps on it, and it's like, "Oh, I'm buying all this." And then, then you're kind of like, "Oh man, I was catching a lot more fish on what I used to do." So then you then kind of go back to that, and you, sometimes you just got to stick with what you know, right? And but if it works, I mean, you always got to try new you things. Know, you got to try. You always got to yeah. try. But uh, 
yeah, you know, it, it may work for me and it may not work for you. Right. You know, different exactly. cadences on jigging and everything else. It, it'd be interesting. I want to give them a shot. I really, I really like those new clam shacks. Those, those anniversary edition shacks. They look really cool. Yep. Uh, they're, they're the kind of an off white and uh, red, red accents, you know, says clam, uh, you know, Dave Gens on it. Just like the one that Dave made. Yeah. Oh, what? What was 20 that? years ago. Wasn't it, isn't it like the 20th anniversary of those? 40th. Or 40th. Yep, oh, 40, 40 years ago. 20. 40, yep, 40 yes. years ago. So that that's pretty cool. And, you know, it, it's kind of cool when when these companies do something, you know, everybody knows clam is blue. Clam is blue. You right. know, Striker and Eskimo, or, you know, Eskimo's red, you know, uh, whatever. But, you know, it's kind of cool when you do something a little bit against the grain, you oh, know, yeah. just, uh, you know, hey, we... I don't know. I'm for it. I want to see it. I wouldn't mind getting Grady one of those one man. So we'll see. I, uh, they keep saying online that they're going to be available soon, you know, in retailers and uh, online. And they're not yet. I was up at Shields yesterday and they hadn't switched over to ice. Thank God. But <laughs> no, it was it was interesting. So I was somewhere a while back where they started where they were starting to put their ice fishing gear out. I don't remember where that was, though. Well, you were up north. Right. Huh. Might have been one of the stores up there that they had some of the ice fishing gear out. But really? Yeah. Well, you know, and I suppose once, you know, especially like the suits and whatnot, when the nights start getting colder, you know, those suits are not strictly, you know, oh, you got to wear them on the ice. I mean, right. you wear them in your boat. You, me and you wore them in our boat October <laughs> in a bass tournament last year. <laughs> well, and you got to start, you, you got to get them now because if you wait too long, then, you know, they're not they don't have them right right your size is going to be out or whatever or i mean you can always try to wait till some of these shows that are coming up and you know hopefully get a deal get a good deal on them and stuff like that but the way this year is going it's hard to know if there's going to be any of those shows right well i know that there's going to be one of those shows for sure for right now for sure there is dakota angler ice institute has still got the throttle pressed down and uh they're getting people signed up to come vendors to come uh I mean, a lot of the big names, uh, you know, they're they're in. So I'm excited. So am I. It's cool to see that that they uh, they're still going forward with it, and people aren't afraid to like sign up for it and everything like that to come and showcase their products. Well, you know what? If something really bad happens, that that I believe that is normally the first weekend in November. Right. You know, if if October, if there is just an onslaught of you know people getting sick or whatever. Well, you know what? Then Todd Heitkamp can cancel it, and and I respect that. But you know, there's just too many knee-jerk reactions right now. Oh yeah, it's definitely you know, cancel culture right now. It is. I mean, they're canceling everything, and and you know, it's like, hey guys, you know, let's let's let a couple months play out, you know, and see what you know, see what that's like. Uh, I saw that the NSIC, like the the, the division that uh, Augie is in, the conference that they're in. Okay. They canceled all their sports until for the rest of this year, 2020. So all the way till December 31st, 2020, all their events are canceled. Right. That's the Northern Sun Interscholast- or in- yeah. Interscholastic Conference or whatever. Yeah. So, huh. I mean, it's just like, wow, that's just a long time. Right. I, oh so um, that's why I'm glad that they have they are holding on to it and hoping that everything goes well. Well, and you know what? I mean, I think for people's mental stability, you know, we got to have some stuff. Oh, you know, I mean, for we, sure. You know, if, if you want to wear a mask, 
go ahead. Right. Like, you know, I, I don't care if you want to wear a mask. That's spectacular if you want to wear a mask. And, and people can. And, you know, if that's how you want to do it, if you want to go early, early, you know, right when the show starts or on the last day, way late, when there's not as many people around, do that, you know. Ah, gosh. Right. There's going to be... I'm, they'll have stuff set up for social distancing and all that stuff. They'll it, it's gonna they'll make it the safest as po- as right. safe as possible. Right. It, it'll probably look a little bit different than years past. But, right. But uh, yeah, whatever. Hopefully, hopefully that goes off without a hitch, and hopefully everyone can stay healthy throughout it. And I don't know. I'm excited. Sturgis is going on. <laughs> I mean, it, it's crazy. But uh, uh, speaking of tournaments, well, not speaking of tournaments, but we've got our personal tournament. Uh, we've got some people. Uh, starting to sign up here Good. and uh, um, if you're listening to this and you're gonna be fishing here in the next few weeks uh, leading into the which holiday is that labor day labor day holiday <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna know it by the end of this but uh, if, if you're gonna be fishing leading up to the labor day holiday uh, I, I, I really think that you should sign up because we got some killer cool prizes we've got a midwest angler podcast custom rod from Jim Gerard. Um, yeah. I'm pumped up about that. Uh, me and Matt had already kind of said that, uh, you know, we weren't going to fish this, but uh, I don't know, you know, I mean, to try to get a rod like that, or I'm going to make Jim make it, make make three rods or whatever, and I'm going to get me one of them. But uh, no, that'll be, that'll be killer cool if somebody wins that. Uh, cash, $250 cash plus another $100 gift card for first place. Random fifty bucks, uh, and and who knows, we might be getting some more prizes coming in. But That's I'm right. telling you right now, get signed up. It's going to be awesome. Sports a great cause. Yeah, it's for ten bucks. Can't go wrong. Yeah, I can guarantee you, anybody who's listening to this has spent ten dollars on something dumber. It's, oh, way way more. Way more. Way more on way dumber. Yep. So uh, yeah, get signed up. NWT. Yeah, they had the NWT out there on Sault Ste. Marie. Golly, how do you, how did they come up with spelling Sault Ste. Marie I don't like know. that? I still don't know how they do that. There's Sulk, a lot of Sulk Ste. Marie. Yeah, there's there's a lot of them, like up in Canada and stuff like that. Oh yeah, that is just like you pronounce it one way your whole life, then you meet somebody from up there and they you say it to them and they look at you like, what are you talking about? This right, like <laughs> well, that's like that Lac Dubani, yeah. Lac Dubonnet, Lac Dubani, Manitoba. Uh, I, I, I'm sure both my attempts there are still wrong. You get up into Wisconsin and, and right. some of that stuff that, you know, Chippewa Falls. Every, every region has their kind of has their own little places like that that are hard to pronounce that all the locals are just so used to saying it. But when people from, you know, out of the area come in there, they're just like, uh, you guys aren't from around here, are you? It's Wisconsin. I'm telling you, it's Wisconsin. You go up into Minnesota, the closer you get to Wisconsin... <laughs> The goofier the names are. You get down here to Iowa, the closer, you know, there's like Makokita and, and like all this stuff over in Iowa, over on the eastern, northeastern side there. And it's just the closer you get to Wisconsin, the harder things are to pronounce. <laughs> that's, that's a rule. <laughs> so, yeah, up there, Sault Ste. Marie, uh, NWT, Peter Schaefer coming away with the win. And what did you say? 45 pounds? I mean, uh, 10 fish for two day total, 10 fish, 40, like 45 pounds right in there. I couldn't believe how many people did not catch their 10 fish. Right. Yeah. I there mean, was a lot of, a lot of them that didn't have limits. There's some guys that blanked. So, right. I mean, you know, last week we talked about Corey Sprangle, you know, 
kind of discussed, is he the best walleye fisherman ever? And I think Corey Sprengel only had six fish in that tournament. Right. But, and that six fish was good enough for 39th place out of 82 boats. Something like that. You know, I mean, when you only catch, you know, four less than than your two-day limit and you still end up in 39th place, you know, I mean, that's really pretty incredible. Well, and some of them tournaments, I mean, in order to win or finish up towards the top, you got to go for big fish. Right, right. I mean, you, I mean, you can go out and catch little fish or, you know, decent sized fish that aren't going to help you all day long but it, i mean eventually if you're trying to go for that win you've got to go find those you know when there's no calling in this correct i'm pretty sure there's not there's no calling so when you decide you're right. going to keep one you it's got, a keeper yeah. right? that's yep. it you're you know you're locked Once in on that live well it stays there right so you know that's a whole different strategy than you know bass fishing what you know right i mean when you, you, can you can call and stuff like that it's it, i mean yeah the, it, that's a tough decision to make there's a lot of your five best ones that's what you get and you got to make that decision if you catch an 18 incher right away in the morning it's just like do we keep it or do we not and and then if you're only allowed to you know, some of those tournaments, you're only allowed one fish over 20 inches or yep, something like yep. that. So it's like you catch a 21-incher, it's just like, uh, do we keep it or do we throw it back? And about the time you throw it back, the next fish is probably like a 28-incher, and it's just like, ugh. Well, or, I, you just, or you throw it back and you never catch one. When, I mean, we know how that is. I mean, you go out one day pre-fishing or, or you just... You know, even for me and you, if, if we just head over to Okaboji and we go fishing one day, and one day we just knock big fish, you know, it's like, man, you know, all we're catching is, you know, these really nice fish. You go back the next day, you do the exact same thing, and they've all lost a pound or two. And, <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, so so you could technically throw away two, three smaller fish, you know, wow, you know, I know these bigger ones are living here, and they ain't there, man. Right. Like, you know, that that's just... I mean, God, I can't even imagine the mind games that goes, you know, especially yeah, if Corey Sprangle's running back to weigh in on day two, knowing that he pitched away, you know, yeah. two or three fish that morning that he thought he was going to catch bigger fish. And, and it just never materialized. And never materialized. Oh, man. It man. is. It's just, <laughs> it, it's a lot of strategy and. I don't know. It's, it's a tough decision to make. Yep. Our past guest, John Hoyer, uh, finished 21st up there. Right. And uh, so. I'm, I'm sure he, I don't know, that's a respectable finish, uh, I, I would certainly think, to finish in the top quarter. Oh, yeah. So uh, one one of the other interesting deals that you brought up to me uh, before we were recording this, Matt, is uh, the long runs that these guys were making. Yeah. Um, that, <laughs> it's crazy. It is. I mean, I think Peter Schaefer was like 86 miles one way or something like that. Tommy Kimos was making it like 100 miles. Really? 86, yeah. you know. We, we put in down south of Platte uh, this in June, and uh, me and Tanner and uh, my buddy Austin, I think, we ran like, I don't know what it was, like 12 miles north or something like that on, on the Missouri River. And, right. You know, it was like, wow, what a <laughs> run. Like, you know, I mean, we're really getting after them. I mean, we haven't even scratched this. We weren't even doing a tenth, you know, an, an eighth of, of what these guys are doing. And... That's, I think, what's one of the craziest things about some of this tournament fishing is when they get on some of those bigger bodies of water that have connecting bodies that they're allowed to fish, 
those guys got to make that decision if they're going to go make that run or if they're not. And yeah, some of these runs, uh, I think they said, I mean, they got to stop and get gas somewhere right. along the way. So you got to plan out those stops. Um, if it's on a river system, you got the locks and the dams, obviously, that you got to contend with. But I mean, just on the big lake like that, then you got to deal with the weather. Right. I mean, it's not going to be smooth, calm sailing no. ever out on those great lakes like that. And uh, I think you said Peter said three to four footers. Yeah, and it, he had a he went thirty to thirty six miles an hour the whole time, and it was just like for eighty miles. Just imagine getting your car. It's hard going eighty yards. I was going to say getting your car and go thirty six miles per hour for eighty miles. Right. <laughs> and 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 do it while you're in the ditch. Right. <laughs> do it right. while you're in the ditch on a windy day. Right. Oh man, God, that's crazy. And you know, I mean, just, you know, I I think we've talked about this before, how much tournament fishing is a gamble. You know, you put in your money and, and, you know, you, you basically invested in yourself. You bet on yourself to, to, you know, cash a bigger check at the end of the tournament. But, uh, you know, like when these guys get to fish for eight, nine hours during the day and, you know, an hour and a half, two hours, maybe even more is spent on the boat in the morning going to where you're going. Right. And then you got to turn around and take two hours, two and a half hours on the way back. Half your day is spent running back and forth. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not fishing for half of the day. No, that's that's why you, the only way they do that is if they know they have big fish there. Right. That they can pull up and they can catch those fish in a half an hour to an hour and get back on the water get going again because you got to time it out you know just in case there's any delays or any stops so that you're not late for the weigh-in as well so i gotta ask you matt so say we're going into day two of the nwt at sioux st marie and you are currently sitting in 10th place 10th place and you're say three pounds out out of of first and you know that you can go and catch, uh, you know, we'll say 17 pounds close, like, and, and it's a shoe-in deal. Like, I mean, you can go and catch them. You know you can go and catch them. You've been catching them there. You, you know you know what's going to happen. Or you gamble and take that long run where, you know, it's kind of like, well, you know, who knows. Are, are, are you personally going to make that run? You know that the bigger fish are over there. I think I would, just to try to contend for the wind, for the win. You know, if if I want to if I want to try to win, you got to go to the fish that the winning fish. If you're on fish that aren't going to win, I mean, you can play it safe and get a check and stuff like that. But you, you're going for the win. You want for the win. you want the big trophy. Yep. You're you're not all right with fifth place and and a respectable finish and and only if you were like contending for like points you know and stuff like that if you were in the run for the angler of the year for points and do you think do you think that that's the difference between some of these fishermen uh you know at the high levels the guys that are truly willing to put their nuts on the line you know to go for the win oh yeah they they would rather go for the win and get 50th place than play it cool and get a 12th oh yeah I mean, we've talked about that before. Like, would you rather be consistent and always up there towards the top 10 but never crack a win, or would you rather be able to crack a win every once in a while and then finish down in the middle of the pack? I mean, 
I you got to get that win sometimes. What what do you think is more important to you? Say say the Bassmasters, you you're fishing the Bassmaster Elite Series. Would you rather win that Angler of the Year title, or would you rather win one tournament stop and finish twentieth on all the rest of them and finish in, you know, ninth in the points? Uh, that's it's, it's that's kind of a, like a loaded question. I mean, obviously everybody's one. Everybody's goal is to win Angler of the Year, but you're also wanting to win a tournament as well. I, I really think that I'd to start off with to win a tournament or something like that. And eventually it changes, I feel. And then that angler of the year becomes a little bit more important than once you winning. win, once you win one tournament stop, you got, you, you know, you knock that off the bucket right. list and then you go for the angler of the year. I don't, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I don't know where I would be there. I just think it would play mind games on you sometimes, never, ever winning. Right. I mean, yeah, you're consistent, but you never never hoist that trophy up or anything like that. So Right. Well, even Justin Lucas, which we're going to be talking about here next, but uh, I listened to him on Bass Talk Live the other day, and uh, he, he was flat out talking about how, you know, he hadn't won for a few years. And, like, I mean, he really started questioning himself, like, you know, right. am I not as good anymore? You know, what am I doing different and whatever? And, you know, when when you've got 8, 10 stops a year and you got 75 anglers, you know, fishing your tour, you can't win them all. You know what I mean? Right. You just oh, can't, yeah. you, you know? Just, and, that's and, and, I mean, you know, you could literally finish in the top 10 all year long probably win the angler of the year but you don't win that one and you know you kind of get thinking like you know what what am i doing wrong you know especially for somebody like him who had won some you know i mean right it, it, it's way different than you know if if you never have one if you're a rookie and then you go you know four years in and you, you've had some good finishes but you've never won you know i don't feel like you really question yourself there you know you you just know your time's coming right yeah. you know just sooner or later the stars are going to align well, when you, you know, you crack one like Polinick, you know, I think he won one or two his first year out. Right. I mean, his first his first classic, he finished in like the top five or something like that. He's continuing to win right. that one. And it just kind of made a name for himself. And then to come into the regular season and then win an event or, you know, finishing up there close in a lot of the events, you you can make a career for yourself very fast. Right. Maybe that was Polinick. Maybe that wasn't Justin Lucas who... I don't remember. It was one of those two both. that was talking that, you know, they hadn't won in a couple of years and they really started. Either one of them, it could be because they both have won on the elite level. Like Justin Lucas, when they were out in California there that one year, he went out there and he was on fire there for a couple tournaments. And then Polinick was the same way. And then, yeah, they both went for a couple of years without cracking a win and always contending and stuff like that, but never getting that win. And then they finally get that win again. And it's just kind of like, all right. And once they get that momentum going, I mean, it's it's pretty crazy how good they can do. If you were to share the boat for one day with an elite series guy, and it can't be Gerald Swindle, can't be Gerald Swindle. One day, series guy. One day with an MLF guy. Nope, all three of you in the boat at the exact same time. Ooh. Who are you picking? Ooh, that's a tough one. Um, I think Polinick would be fun. Polinick, yeah, I think he'd be fun in the boat. Um, and 
an MLF guy. Let's see here. I'm trying to think who they're all. I mean, you can't go wrong with Kevin Van Dam. I mean, just get those two out there and go on a smallmouth fishery and just kind of pick their brains about it. And You want to know what's crazy? Like, I got into this bass fishing deal just a couple years ago when, you, you know, you kind of introduced it to me. Like you didn't kind of introduce me to it. You you full on introduced me to it. You know you took me on that first bass tournament. I bought a couple bass fishing magazines. Bought a bass BASS membership afterwards, and you know really started getting into this bass deal. And and I've only ever followed the elite series. Like truly MLF. I don't like the way that that all shook out because that was right when I started started getting into it. I don't like Boyd Duckett. Uh, anyone who's listened to this for any amount of time knows all this, but, uh, Kevin Van Dam truly doesn't mean anything to me. Yeah, that, I know. Uh, that's know, like, the crazy thing about it. You know, I mean, it's, it's kind of like some of these young guys, young kids like Grady, you know, uh, my son, Michael Jordan, like, yeah, he knows Michael Jordan, you know, whatever, you know, Michael Jordan's got the shoes, Michael Jordan, you know, supposedly is the best ever, you know, whatever. But, but, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I mean. He, he watched Kobe for a little bit. You know, I mean, there's LeBron James on TV now. You know, there's right. Steph Curry, yeah. whatever. Like, these are the guys now. You know, uh, it's the same as me. Like, when you hear names like, you know, Bo Jackson and, and Herschel Walker and whatnot, like, they don't really mean anything to me. You know, I'm sure that they were great. You know, that's that's awesome. But yep. they mean something to my dad, but they don't mean anything to me. Right, exactly. And Kevin Van Dam just doesn't mean anything to me. So, <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's kind of weird. Like, I mean, I, I respect the guy. I know he's one of the best ever, if not the, but it just like, right. I don't know. I'd probably, I would, I'd give up four trips with him to go fishing with fighter once. Right. You know, and that's just crazy. And, and I don't know. Uh, so is that who you're picking as fighter? And then who else? I ain't picking fighter. I'm not picking fighter. Don't want to deal with the secondhand smoke. No, I'd I'd blast <laughs> one with him. Just if I'm in the boat with him, like I'm ripping the filter off. Let's do this. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, I would say MLF side at Defoe. Yeah, that would be awesome. At won the Bassmaster Classic the first year that I really started. You know, two years ago when I first started getting into bass fishing, and uh, I just I don't know the way he carried himself. I, I thought, you know what, I, I've listened to a couple interviews with him. I just, I feel like he's a, a good human being. Yep, uh, very. Honestly, Mike Iconelli, like, <laughs> you know. He would be a riot to have I mean, there. I just, I, I'd love to, that enthusiasm, like love him or hate him, you can't deny that the dude just loves bass fishing. Right. Or fishing in general. Um, yeah, I don't know. Probably uh, one of those two would probably be my MLF side. Um <sighs> elite series maybe zaldane i don't know i just i i kind of i like the only problem is then freight has to tag along i don't know why you hate her so much I, I do know why you hate her so much i do know why you hate her so much and and uh you're not wrong it's you're not, not wrong. it's not a hatred it's just do good do good and do good get, and then get the recognition don't get the recognition because of other things and then right you know be a good fisherman yep yep well i don't know uh chris saldane when when we were out there in lacrosse when he was coming across a bridge and traits truck I, kn I knew it was him and i saw him coming and he gave me a big old wave and i just feel like he'd be a good 
good dude to BS with. Like, like, you know, I don't know. Maybe I'd go Zaldane. Maybe I'd go one of the Johnston boys. I think that whole Johnston boys fighter, that whole crew that travels together, it'd be interesting to be a fly in the wall on one of those in one of their hotels one night or something. Besides Chris Grill. Right. Besides Chris Grill. I know you wouldn't fish with him. Nope, I wouldn't. I'd rather go fishing. I'd rather go fishing. (laughs) Rather not go fishing. (laughs) Rather not. Oh, geez. All righty. So then there's that. But, uh. No, yeah. Justin Lucas with the FLW Super Tournament out on Lake Erie. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned that we were going to talk about that. Here it is. Um, he's, having, he's having a good year. He's. I would say. He's won a couple tournaments now. Won an MLF one, and then he won this one, this Super Tournament with the FLW. It was, it was kind of cool. It was kind of the first FLW that I've watched this year, their yep. live stuff. Yep. It, it's funny how much they try to copy – bass oh yeah a lot of the stuff is exactly what watching bass live is like so i mean it was all right bass live the commentary is a lot better than right well lw i mean you can't beat zona and and, uh davy height and all those guys mercer and and whatever like the guys that bass has has on the microphone yeah they're the best even plain and simple same yeah mercer compared to the guy that does the flw weigh-ins it's night and day difference really yeah but i mean it was fun like you said just watching it's just it's just fun watching a smallmouth tournament like that when they're out there and when they're hooking into those things and they're battling the waves because out there on Erie, yeah it gets rough there was guys that were running i think fred ramboon rambanis uh messed up his boat like ripped a big hole in it or something like that coming back for weigh-in on like the third day and had to borrow or on it was on the second day and he had to borrow terry scraggins boat for the third day he really? didn't make the last day cut but wow had to borrow somebody else's boat because his got messed up so bad well that's another thing that we never talked about last week that that we should have was uh seth fighter from minnesota uh coming back up there on champlain yep champlain, champlain. uh Frickin' fighting, fighting the big waves, yeah. speared a wave, and yeah, frickin' lost his front graphs. Yeah. Didn't even know it. <laughs> Until he got back or what? Right. Yeah. yeah. He didn't even realize it. He just thought it was, like, he just thought something was going on that he was getting sprayed with water, but yeah, it's the graphs weren't there. Yeah. Lost the graphs, and uh, crazy story, a dude ends up finding them. Yeah, they washed up on shore. graphs float or something, <laughs> yeah. and a dude ends up finding them that Polinick knew. He talks to Polinick. Polinick says, I know whose those are. All right, here's one. Here's one. So if you're Polinick and you get Seth Fighter's graphs, are you looking at the waypoints? <laughs> I don't know about that. Are you looking at the waypoints? The, uh, not after he just won. He doesn't need to look at Fighter's waypoints. That's not the only. He's got Malax waypoints on there. Right. Them. Are uh, you looking? No. You're not? No. Yeah, Is that cheating? It's not cheating, but... Just not ethical. It's just like, why would you want to? You know, it's, it's all about going out and finding your own spots. So so what happens What happens if Fighter comes rolling up to his A-plus spot out on Mille Lacs the next time that they're all up there and Polinick's out there? He might just say, well, if he did map research and he was doing some pre-fishing and he found it out here. So, so you go to your second spot in Polinick. <laughs> like, I mean, how many spots do you bump into Polinick before you say, Hey, did you look at, you, you, you looked at him, didn't you? You freaking dirtbag. I, I was surprised that the thing still worked. 
Did they? The one did. Really? Yeah. So he was looking. <laughs> no. So he was. When he gave it to Fighter. Okay. Oh, he already gave him back to Fighter? I'm pretty sure he did. Did he? Okay. Because yeah. <laughs> no. I, I think Fighter was talking about it. I heard him somewhere talking, and he said that he just wanted him back. Like, he wanted, to, like, the one. He wanted, he, he wanted, I think it was a Helix 10 or something like that, because he liked the graph. Yep. <laughs> he wanted it back up on front. Yep. So, huh. yeah, that was crazy. But, yeah, like we said earlier, too, running in rough water like that, you just never know what's going to happen, and it, it gets crazy out there, yep. especially in a bass boat. Those walleye boats are a little bit made more to handle those big waves and stuff like that, and those bass boats, they're still smooth and they can handle those big waves, but they still can get pretty wild. Right. Well, and some of those guys are running aluminum boats now. Right. And I mean, yeah, John Cox actually did pretty well on, I think he had a top 10 finish or top 12 finish out there. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I guess, you know, it's probably like anything. Once you've ran in some big water a few <laughs> times, you know, it's like, well, this is, you know, it's kind of sucks. It kind of hurts, but, uh, you know, <laughs> this is what we got to do. Right. right. I think th- listening to some of those guys talk, they're just like, yeah, like the fourth on the last day, the guys that made the top ten, they were talking about how they might not let them go far. They might keep them in Erie, right there by the launch site, because of the wind. But there were still there were still some of them that went for it. Huh. And some of those guys are kind of like, I kind of hope that they just make us stay, so I don't have to make the decision. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> like, right. am I gonna go do it or am I gonna stay close? So. Yep. Yeah. No, that's crazy. Uh yeah, and, Ang- angler safety, I guess, right. is number one. And One thing I did notice when I was watching the FLW live is that they can use nets. Yep. They can use nets. I thought, you know, with the MLF doing this, being part of this and everything like that, and how much they're stewards to the, ge- to the fishing industry and how they want to treat the fish as best as possible. Here all these guys are competing boy duckett himself is competing in this tournament and stuff like that and they talk about how mlf is way better than bass and all that because the fish there's no way in there's no all this the fish are handled and put right back in the water but here's here's these guys that are out there doing this and they're using nets to land the fish too were all of them using nets or, or yep. was it yeah yeah so how do you feel? How, are, are you for nets or against nets at that level? At that level, I'm against them. I think that they should have to land them by hand because it's they're the top pros. It adds a little bit of a little bit of an art form, and there is an art form to landing fish by hand. It, it can get pretty wild. It can get pretty hairy at times, and there's a lot of heartbreak that happens at I, the side of the boat when you're trying to land one of those things. Yeah, I, it would be nice to have a net, but. Those guys know that when they get into the bass series that they can't do it. So when they're out there practicing, it's one thing you got to practice is to learn how to land a big fish. I think you're 100% wrong. No, I'm sorry. 100% I'm right wrong on this one. Bassmaster originally decided that they were not going to allow nets 54 years ago, I think. 53 years ago when uh, um, BASS was, was first formed. I think it was 54 years ago. Uh, that's when they decided, when they first started competing in these tournaments, that, that they weren't going to have nets because they thought that it made better TV and more. It does. It does. It does. So uh, so here we are. We were just done talking about these people making these long runs, and they thought long and hard about keeping them 
from from making these long runs for what angler safety right angler safety so i would say that that all these tournaments have four four uh main points angler safety fish safety fan safety and staff safety i mean that at the end of the day that's what it is nets knocks off two of those fish safety and angler safety you know how many of those guys bury a treble hook deep in their hand oh yeah there's a lot of them that do that's just part of that's just part of the risk that's not just part of the risk that's part of the game that is not just part of the risk that's just like baseball players. Part of the risk is you might get hit by a pitch once in a while. Do you, do doesn't you mean think that, doesn't mean that they're going to start doing slow pitch baseball, do major you, league baseball? These guys are top pros. They don't allow aluminum bats because they're too dangerous. So they use wooden bats in the major leagues, and because they think guys will be able to hit them a lot further with a um, with a composite or aluminum bat. So here it is, fishing nets. Gives them more of an advantage to land those fish. It takes the fun out of it. There's nothing better than watching those guys on the side of the boat, at a, especially at a Smalley tournament like they've been doing. They should make them and, take it out with uh, their mouth then. And they're yeah. down there, and they got to get a hold of the fish right and get it into the boat. I mean, those guys are scooping them and putting them in the boat. That's fun. Uh, Ned, it's, uh, Ned, it's like, all right, I got this fish. Now you're you're talking like a walleye tournament I'm not guy. talking like, like a walleye get tournament Get the 16-foot net out, and okay, it's out there on top of the water. Let's scoop it up. You're still doing it by yourself. You don't have a net, man. You're still doing it by yourself. There's still an art form to it. Fish safety. Let's talk fish safety. Let's let's talk about all these people. Now that Bassmaster's been running on ESPN2 the last couple tournaments, let's talk about all these people here that that have never watched bass fishing before. The first thing they do, they get... The, Keep going. Fish safety. Fish safety. Fish safety. And you're, the first and you're thing, talking about being four nets, and you're talking fish safety. Yeah, we're not running the same old nets with the with the strings on them. They're all rubber coated. There's nothing more safer for them. What, what, is, sh- a, sh- what sh- is a fish sh- do? Shut your mouth. What does a fish? Mouth. What does a fish do when you get it in the net? Does it just stop fighting and just lay there so that it can be nice and nope. safe and cradled in the net? No. But what do you think about boat flipping a four pounder into your console? Boom, boom. Let's throw it on some dry hot carpet. Man, let let it let it flop around a little bit. You're starting to talk like an MLF. You're I'm not all no, about MLF now. I am absolutely not. I'm absolutely not. You can dip it with a net. You can put it on the ground. But I'm telling you, all these people out in these big cities who have never fished before are watching ESPN2, watching these tournaments, and the first guy that they see boat flip a bass and it goes flopping around on the deck, these people that don't understand what's going on are going to be like, what the, you know, we got a bunch of freaking animals out here just, you know, flipping around fish, smacking them up against their gunnels, you know, whatever. I mean... There, there comes a time when I'm not saying that I'm, I'm, I'm not saying that these people are right, but you have to, you have to, we're not just a bunch of redneck hillbillies that just love smacking around fish because we're macho men and whatever. I mean, there, there has, you have to show respect for the fish, grabbing it with a net shows respect for the fish. You pick it up, you put it in your boat, you, you know, do whatever. I still like the weigh-ins, you know. 99.9% success rate on, on releasing live fish. I don't care what anybody says. That's the stats. Right. I don't think they're lying about them. I don't know. I think I think there's two things there. And and let's let's introduce a whole nother aspect. Let's talk about the freaking money part of this. We're talking about a sport that 
needs as many sponsors, needs as many things as what they can, as many money outlets as what you can. You can throw somebody, I mean, A, like think about a company like Ranger Nets. All they do is make nets. All of a sudden they're in Bassmaster, you know, in front of, in front of hundreds of thousands of people. Somebody who otherwise could not be in the Bassmaster sport is now chipping in thousands of dollars to have their nets be in front of somebody. Not only is that a ranger net, you can put hummingbird down the side of it or whatever. I mean, you know, it, it's a whole nother, it's a whole nother marketing outlet. I don't know. I just, 54 years, I, time for a change. Okay. What's, who is a FLW's official net sponsor? No clue. I don't watch FLW. Nobody knows because nobody, nobody knows because they're pays, not doing a good job because they don't pay attention because all that net is there is for a landing tool. That's all that they do. I don't. I just don't think that they should. Sorry be nets. that they're piss poor at marketing. No, I just don't think that nets at the high level like that. I think they should have to. When you're watching it on TV, I found myself watching. That's why I came up with this topic when I text you and said, "Hey, what do you think about this?" Because I was watching it and it was like, "Oh, you know, we just got done watching the Elite Series." Yep. Out there on Champlain, and a lot of those guys were catching smallmouths. And it gets to the side of the boat, and you're just sitting there. You're almost like holding your breath. You're watching it like, oh, my God, you know, just the excitement of, is he going to get it? They get their hands on it, then it gets away. You know, it, then all of a sudden they get it up in there, and they finally get it in the boat and stuff like that. Where I'm watching this, and it's like, okay, here here it comes. Here comes the moment of the truth. Is he going to get this thing in, or is he not? Austin, he reaches down, grabs the net, reaches out there, and scoops it up and puts it in the boat. It's just like, oh, that was kind of anticlimactic. But don't get me wrong, stuff can happen with it. Uh, Josh Bertrand had one where he scooped, went to scoop it with the net, and the thing kind of jumped right out of the net and hit the side of the boat and came off. But it just, I just think at that level that it kind of separates one of those deals that kind of separates. The men from the boys, the old saying goes. I mean, they're the pros. They should be able to land those fish by hand. I just don't think at the top levels like that, net should be involved. And you talk about fish safety and stuff like that, but those fish, when they flop around in the net a lot, they can get gills caught up in the netting. They can get fins caught up in the netting. No matter how much of net company markets their nets as being safe, fish get tore up by them. So, you think they get tore up when they smack into the dash of the boat? Well, yeah, obviously. Think they get tore up when they're flopping around on some hot black carpet. Okay, then then we just need to go to MLF rules where it's a penalty if it touches if they touch the carpet or if they hit anything like that. So, it's just I just don't think that they should at the top level like that in the open. Well, they don't even allow them in the opens anymore. They used to be able to use them in the opens and stuff like that. Well, if you're the feeder system to the elite series, I mean, right? You, you, I mean. That's, you know, that's why they got rid of them is because, well, these guys got to start learning how to land them right, if without you're not, the nets. So. Right. I mean, it, I mean, nothing's more stupider than the FLW uh, MLF deal. You know, right. to qualify for MLF, you got to fish five fish tournament, you know, five fish weigh in tournament. But, uh, yeah, you're qualifying for a tournament series that didn't know, lo- you know, I mean, who. That, that's like going and playing football to end up going and playing basketball. <laughs> you know, like, you know, one, we're one, pick- one interesting thing I did see with the whole net thing watching that tournament though was the one guy i can't remember who it was um whenever he'd get a smaller fish that was under three pounds he would not net it 
because just you know this just as well as anybody that if they ever fish a drop shot a lot of those guys are drop shot oh, yeah. fishing yep the sinker gets twirled around in the net and stuff like that and then you sit there for five ten minutes trying to get that all untangled and becomes a mess he's <laughs> he's like i'm not even gonna net these small ones i'm just gonna land them because they're not i mean could he use them yeah i mean they were all keepable fish but he's just like i don't want to have to spend the time trying to get my drop shot weight out of the net so if it looks like it's bigger than three pounds i'll net it if it looks like it's smaller than three pounds i'll just land it by hand or flip it into the boat so do you think that if the elite series would come through and say all right nets are nets are allowed do you think every single person is always going to use a net yeah. then yeah you'd be dumb not to right i mean it's it's to your advantage to have a net and to land it i mean I was watching one of Mark Daniels Jr.'s Mark Daniel Jr.'s videos the other day when they were on the Mississippi River. He had forgot his net before launch, and because he's so used to not having the net in the boat, right? He had a quick run back to his truck and get it, and he had to like dig down deep into the back end of his truck to find it, and he found it and threw it in. So, you think the National Walleye Tour should allow nets? They do. Walleye well, I'm, walleye I'm, tournaments. I'm just asking you if you think that they should. Walleye? Yes. Why? Because they're dealing with treble hooks and stuff like that. Yeah, so. <laughs> dang it. Well, and they also have like 12-foot trolling rods and stuff like that that they're... I don't know. Use shorter I just ones. Pass. Use shorter ones. It's better for TV. Bet. Maybe that's what. Maybe that's oh, what I would, love, I would love to watch those guys trying to land a freaking eight-pound walleye at the side of the boat with them. It would... It'd be fun to watch them try to do that. National Walleye Tour isn't getting the attention that the bass that the bass tournament series are. Maybe that's what they need. We we need to we need to start handing them. Right. That's <laughs> if anyone from the NWT is listening, I guess that's what you guys been missing. That's right. Get rid of the nets. Get rid of them. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're gonna agree to disagree on that. And that's fine. That's right. And we can actually still be friends. That's their dang right. We can. We can. You know, people that don't like masks, people that do like masks, they can't be friends anymore. People <laughs> that are Democrats, people that are Republicans, they can't be friends anymore. But you know what? This is something that we can agree to disagree on, and we can still, still be, be friends. friends. That's, that's right. That's neat. <laughs> Until the next time I come, the next podcast, I come over and the door is locked, but the lights are on. Yeah, it's and I'm knocking. Be. I it's can see be. you in there, Scott. <laughs> He's not here. <laughs> Piss on you. <laughs> <laughs> nope all right good news stories good news what do you got i got one i got one i actually screenshotted it here let me pull up my handy dandy phone and uh this is coming from the creekwood place nursing and rehabilitation nursing home down in i think it's like russellville kentucky uh they put a post on facebook what would be seven days ago so i think it was last monday uh, and it said on Friday, we went fishing. Thank you to the tractor supply for loaning us the tank for the day and the amazing staff we have at Creekwood. I have no idea. If I have an idea and the team makes it happy happen. Jeez. These, you can tell they're from Kentucky. They can't spell for <laughs> crap. Well, you know what? I'm not even going to read it because it doesn't seem like it's even English, but, uh, what, what they did was, uh, apparently the tractor supply company, 
gave them a big, huge cattle tank. They filled it up with water. It looks like they got a couple catfish in there and they wheeled these guys out of the nursing home and they could sit there and catch these fish right out of the cattle tank like that. And, uh, you can tell, like, I mean, these, these people were into it and, you know, obviously everybody knows in the nursing homes, you know, these people are secluded to the nursing, you know, staying in the nursing home, sometimes staying in their own room. And, uh, you know, even, even outside of COVID, you know, I mean, people in the nursing home aren't getting to go out and fish. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's something that probably a lot of them did probably, you know, in their days, they did it because they had to, you know, I mean, they did it to eat. And uh, I don't know. I just thought that was cool. That was a cool idea. You know, something neat that uh, gave these people an opportunity to give it one last hurrah. And I don't know. I don't I, know why that doesn't happen more. As you know, simple like, as it is. Well, I mean, you think about it at the sportsman show when they always have that trout pond. Right. Like, I mean, you think that there somebody could go around and set that up at these places like that. Right. And, I mean, like, think of, like we've got a drop tank on the fire department. You know, it's, it's just a big huge tank i don't know you know 12 foot 14 foot by 14 foot something like that you know two and a half foot sides throw some fish in there i mean you could maybe that's our deal i remember there we go we'll bring a bunch of fish and we'll just travel around the united states going from nursing home to nursing home and letting people crank on them that's right and then during the winter time we can get like plywood that goes over top of it drill holes in it and make it act like they're ice fishing yep (laughs) <laughs> here's a business here's a business opportunity that we came up with right here yeah. on the uh on the uh, midwest angler podcast i don't know i think it'd be cool i want to know like have you ever actually seen anyone catch a trout like at the ice institute or whatever when they're when they're doing those i have you have so yeah. the fish do eventually they eventually bite. yeah Some every once in a while do. it's like and i think everybody's like pumped and excited it's just like holy buckets it actually this. happened they are real fish in there yeah I don't know. It, it, I'm I'm trying to think in my head. I don't know if they starve them beforehand, right, to make them eat or whatever. But I I can't recall a time where I actually ever saw anyone do very well. So <laughs> every every once in a while, you'll see like a kid walking around with a Ziploc <laughs> bag with a trout in it. It's just like, okay, it's my damn trout. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I always got a kick out of. Is is like. Our parents always let us do it, but I, I know secretly in their mind they're like saying, "Don't let these damn kids catch a fish because <laughs> you are throwing that yeah, one back." What are we gonna do? I mean, we're up here for how long? <laughs> <laughs> Forget it in the backseat of mom's van. <laughs> smell tomorrow morning. The thing is, oh man. Oh yeah, midnight that night. You're in there waking your mom and dad up. Hey, my trout is in your vehicle yet? <laughs> yeah. Sorry about that. Well, not, now it's shot. You get to throw it away. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, you got one. I guess my good news story is obviously uh, I'm not going to go with the fishing one related. I'm just going to say that we're starting school this week. Okay. In person. Yep. Looking forward to seeing a lot of the kids and everything like that. Haven't seen some of them. Haven't seen them since March 13th. Ain't that we, crazy? I know. Uh, you try to connect with them, you know, through email, through other things and stuff like that. But you know, I'm always I always love my summers and get to do a lot of fishing and a lot of things like that. Some time off, but. This year, more than any, I'm I'm really looking forward to getting back in there for some type of normalcy, and yeah, hopefully it can all go well, and we can keep going, and no hiccups, and we can get right. through this school year, and yeah, as normal as possible. Absolutely, yeah, no, that's a good one, and uh, I mean, one more to add on top of that is me and you are back in the studio together, back so in the studio, uh, can't argue oh, with we that. Got a live studio audience. Too. Yeah, we do. We do. We got Grady and Aubrey over there playing on the uh, PlayStation 
3 or PlayStation 4 or whatever the heck we got over there. Farming Simulator. If, if you actually farming. had real farm work for them to do, they wouldn't do it. But God dang it, we can play it on a PlayStation. <laughs> so, all righty. Well, we appreciate everybody that uh, that uh, listened to this episode. If you made it to the end, uh, we, we thank you. Uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, give us a rating. Leave, leave us a review. Uh, anywhere else, please subscribe. And, uh, yeah, hopefully uh, next week on episode 87, we're coming back with guests and Kind of get back into the normal swing of things. So, That's uh, right. Hey, thank you guys. See ya.